This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. I'm Jared Stern. I think people should listen because we're desperate for attention right now. (laughs) I'm also Jared Stern. This is what I like to call an exercise in benign narcissism. And you're Between Two Sterns. How's it going? I can't hear you. Yeah, I had myself muted. I'm I'm eating a brie and pomegranate seed uh, on, on a King's Hawaiian roll. It's quite delicious. Okay. I'm testing a theory for and, cheesecake and we- that I'm making this weekend. Okay. Which um, this is actually fun. So we'll start out a little, it'll get a little gloomy, a little dark, but then uh-huh. there'll be some lightness and some brevity. And um, I didn't even think that this could be something interesting for the podcast, but now I'm realizing it is. So this weekend, February 4th, is the seven, eight year anniversary of my sister passing. Oh, wow. So one of the traditions for a long time was to go to Cheesecake Factory because Caitlin loved Cheesecake Factory. Uh Go to Cheesecake Factory. And uh, the experience was always the same. Uh, you spend hours uh, combing through this infinite menu that they have. It, it is a long menu. It has several chapters. Yeah. It's got an epilogue. It does. Uh... And so you go to Cheesecake Factory and you order food and it's mediocre and then <laughs> overpriced because they have to charge a fortune for it because the refrigeration cost of keeping all of this afloat is is astronomical. And then you order a piece of cheesecake and it's okay. And then you go home having spent a bunch of money and then having to go, I went to Cheesecake Factory. So I can't tell you the I can't tell you the last time I was inside a cheesecake factory. I can. It was one year ago when I went. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, use it to mark time. So yeah, yes, you know the you can in fact tell me the last time you were in a cheesecake factory. If there was a civilization civilization that was birthed out of worship to me, there would be some sort of like dial in the shape of the cheesecake factory logo to mark annual time. Uh-huh. So anyway. <laughs> Excuse me, I, I'm also getting over a little sick, so you'll hear a cough. Uh, what else is new? So instead, I'm going to make cheesecake this weekend. Oh. Yeah, so I'm going to make two different types of cheesecakes. One, hence the theory with the brie cheese, is going to be my classic cheesecake. I'm making a little cheesecake muffin, like little cheesecake um, bites, like in a okay. little. And then uh, I'm going to drive over uh, with Renee. And we're going to drop them off to my family. So I'm going to make one, which is just a regular cheesecake, white chocolate cheesecake with pomegranate seeds on top, because you want a little citrus burst when it comes to a cheesecake, but the strawberry jams, the purees, they're too much. They mm-hmm. encompass everything. And my theory was, what if you could choose when, choose your own adventure, choose when you get that citrus burst. You feel that pomegranate seed in your mouth and you go, now's when I want it. Now, now's when I want that citrus. Okay. The other version is going to be a creme brulee banana one. So it's going to be a graham cracker base. Then I'm going to brulee bananas um, in caramel and do a layer. And then I'm going to add the cheesecake on top. Now, this all sounds delicious, right? It does. Here's here's the rub. Here's the the twist. Um, The the recipe I call that I'm using is my Nana's white chocolate cheesecake recipe. 
handed down to me from her. Mm-hmm. And first of all, the recipe always has too much sugar. It's like 16 ounces of white chocolate and a full cup of sugar. It's too much sugar. I believe we have talked about this. We recipe have talked about this on yes. the podcast. Yes, we have. So it's a combination of cream cheese and sour cream. That's the base. Mm-hmm. But Jared, and I'm not going to tell anyone, uh-huh. instead of sour cream, I'm swapping out silken tofu. Oh, God. Oh, see, so I want to just mention something here real quick. Sure. Because you just said I'm not going to tell anybody. Now, right. <laughs> Don't what's, do it. What's, what's, very, <laughs> Don't do it. what's very convenient about that is nobody's listening. It's because so we're too long. I've, I've said this for years at this point. The episodes are too long. You if think it's because out, the episodes are too there long? There is no... Actually, I'd fall on a sword. If we put out five-minute episodes, our entire listener base would increase by thousands per cents. Or even 10-minute episodes. I'm telling you right now, you have no idea how right I am about this. But that's not, no, hang on. That's not true because we've put out 15-minute episodes. But, that, but not consistently. People will pop in for a 15 and then the next one will be 45 minutes to an hour. And people don't have the time to invest that. I, I think people enjoy listening to us. Jared. I edit this thing with you and I barely have enough time to listen to a full episode before we edit it. That's how I know people don't have the time to listen to the full hour. All right. Well, you know what? I'll stop interrupting you. (laughs) Tell me how you're poisoning your family. No, no, no. So what had happened was I've had this theory for a while um, because I love tofu. I love cooking with tofu. I've gone almost entirely plant-based. I'm plant at home. I'm plant-based at home. And then I dollop with meat outside of the house. Right. It's a uh, yeah. plant in the sheets, meat in the street. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. So the other night I, I make a really good creamy mushroom sauce uh, that I use for pasta. And I had this idea. I was like, what if instead of pasta, I used udon noodles because they're creamy and they're silky. And I feel like they just absorb all of the uh, sauce. Aren't udon noodles the thicker noodles? Yeah, they're thick, but they have like a creamy and like absorby texture. Okay. So I made the cream sauce. It was delicious. And then I was like, but you feel so heavy and shitty afterwards because I'm dumping two gallons worth of heavy cream into this thing just to make this sauce. And uh, I had already made, I've made chocolate mousse with uh, silken tofu because I had some in the fridge and you couldn't even tell the difference. I mean, it was so good and chock full of protein. I <laughs> will take that bet, sir. Well, we're about to find out because I've made the mushroom cream sauce with the silken tofu and it's a great base. Like you could, it feel, it's delicious. So I'm going to, I'm going to swap it out and not tell my family because I just made this cheesecake for Thanksgiving and they all loved it. So I'm going to make it again for them and I'm going to see what they say. And I'm hoping it's the same thing that happened when I made my dad, um, soy chorizo tacos one time mm-hmm. and he was like i love chorizo and i made it for him and he looks at me and goes i'm gonna tell you something it's the best fucking tacos i've ever had in my life these are delicious i go you want to know something crazy he goes what i go that's soy chorizo there's not meat in that at all i'm like in fact that thing you're eating is pretty much vegan and he was like shut the f- there's no way so <laughs> I'm hoping to have a similar reaction to the family. And to your point, I'm hiding this information in the location to keep all secrets that anyone might have, which is this podcast. Yeah, no, no. This is a place to keep <laughs> secrets because very few people that would have any influence on on your family uh, listen to this. Do you, does your family listen? No, it's too long. 
Stop. People will pop get the fuck out of here. I'm Come giving on. you. See, this is the problem. I'm giving you the feedback that is being given to me. People will go to the gym or they'll like drive in the car for a few minutes and they'll listen. Like I know a number of people who have listened to the first 10 minutes of multiple episodes of our podcast, but like it's too much of an investment to get all the way down to the end. There are a lot of other things that people are listening to. What I'm saying is as you begin to expand the listener base outside of the core dedicated group, if somebody new is jumping into a podcast, the average human being who is not like perversely like listening through our lives, like through the looking glass type of thing. They have whatever their commute is to and from work where they're choosing us over listening to music or any other podcast that they're listening to. Then they're getting home and they're going, Hmm, I could turn on TV. I could watch that TV show or that movie. Yeah. Or I could listen to a 55-minute episode of Between Two. So I'm just saying that there's an element of the length of time. There's just too much gold on this channel. <laughs> it's impossible to find anything to cut. And so as we oh, yeah. we're so fucking interesting. <laughs> we're so goddamn interesting and funny. But it's, it's that's, the, see, it's... I think that's, hang on, that's the problem. Because you know who edits this? You. I do. Right. And you know who loves to hear himself talk? Fucking you, me. That's what that's I'm right. saying. We need an object. We need a we need an intern who doesn't like us to edit the podcast. <laughs> you need a non-narcissist. A <laughs> non-Jared Stern narcissist. They'll get it down to 25 minutes easy. Speaking of that, yeah. We have a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. You you went and did a thing. I did I've done things, man. The things that I have done. You did the thing. I did the stuff. All because right. you actually well, you went on a trip. You went I, someplace. I went and on a had trip. a fabulous trip, and I can't wait to hear all about it. And you I had, went. You have five minutes. Go. <laughs> I went on a trip. Uh, so my family, my 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 sisters, uh, my family, and my sister's husband's side of the family, all linked up and joined together and went to Orlando, Florida, to go to Star Wars Land. And while Ooh. we were at Star Wars Land, every so often we bounced around and did some Disney stuff. But 75% of the time in Orlando was spent simply in the Star Wars section of the Disney theme park. And it was awesome. I experienced the Star Wars thing at Disneyland, not oh. Disney World. They make a whole uh, most Eisley, essentially. It was so incredible. I can't even like I can't even put into words the experience that we had. Renee came with me. Mm -hmm. So it was a nice little uh, introduction to the family and the family dynamics. And she's a big Star Wars nerd. So we get to the park and we just kind of beeline it to Star Wars land. Right. Now you have two entrances in because parks loop. They go into like kind of like an oval circle loop. So as you're walking up to Star Wars land, you have like everything else that's around. It's Hollywood Studios. So it's like Goofy's over here and you got some Indiana Jones stuff over there. And then you get to this cave and it's just kind of an innocuous cave and you walk through the cave. And the first thing you notice is that the trash cans have changed. The mm -hmm. trash cans are now Star Wars themed and the lights on the wall. And it was during the day are now Star Wars themed. And as you're walking through, you hear the subtle music shift and you walk through and you are in Mos Eisley. You know, if you've been to any of the Disney theme parks, the, the way they get you is 
you'll be in one space, but there's usually sight line to some other location as you get to the edges because they want to keep funneling the traffic around and seeing what's around the corner. But they were smart enough to keep everything isolated. Like the rock faces and the buildings went up so high. And that's the thing I was telling my brother. Not only have you seen the movies, not only have you watched the shows, but like me, you've probably played the video games. And the video games have that kind of top-down third-person perspective mm -hmm. where you're still angled down. But it was the scope and size of it all, like seeing the size of some of these doorways. But you walked through and you saw like a little uh, turret system. And then you saw the entrance to some of these rides. And then you turn the corner and there's this marketplace bazaar that is. Oh, sure. The marketplace. So the marketplace. Uh, the, the whole place is just one giant fucking gift shop. It's insane. Right. But done so well. And then well, you and like yeah. everything, all of the roads, like there are little different pathways you could take, but it's all kind of feeding. You can feel the energy of it feeding you in one direction. Mm -hmm. And we turned the corner and it was there. Like almost as as close to size as they probably could have gotten it without like expanding the park more was the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and it's super cool. It's just one of those things where like you just have to stand there in awe of it. You and they they had X wings set up. The X wings and the Tie Fighter was to scale. It was magnificent. And and we went during the day, and then the next day we went back at night. And we were like, "Where? What should we do?" We we're like, "We should go back and see Star Wars." And we were like, "Can it be that much different at night?" Holy shit! Is it even cooler at night? Well, yeah, because like, it's just you it, it's all lit up. Oh and... my god. One thing I was super impressed by, and I don't know if I, why I was surprised by this, because it's Disney. Yeah. And Disney knows what they're doing when it comes to experiential stuff yes. like this. All of the people who are staff that section of the park are what we like to call committed to the bit. Okay. Like, so this is where it differs for you and me, because okay. in California, all of them are working actors who are trying to get hired somewhere else. <laughs> and where we were at it, uh, in Orlando was, and I'm going to use this phrase respectfully, former or future Walmart greeters who were <laughs> in uniform, mm -hmm. just kind of like, all right, rebel scum, keep it coming. Like there was no commitment to the bit oh, in Orlando, shame. Florida. But one section I walked through which so we were walking through the day we were going through the shops and we walked into one of the shops and like each shop has its own theme right so one's like the stormtrooper theme or the empire theme so it's very like empire-y <clears throat> and then one is like these are where like lightsabers are so we walk in shop and this is kind of like the the droid shop and it's like oh look you could buy different droids there and as i'm looking at the wall i'm seeing like just arms and legs and like mm -hmm. things i was like huh and then I look at another section, it's just tops. And then I look around the corner and there are kids standing there assembling them with people. I was like, is this a Build-A-Bear for it's droids? A, it's a Build-A-Droid, exactly. And I was like, these motherfuckers are just printing money at this point. Yeah. Like they're just printing. It was so well done. What uh, what what rides were available in Disneyland? I mean, the one ride that was, because we did this right when the whole star Wars experience opened. Right. So not a ton. Uh, the millennium Falcon ride was the thing to go do smugglers run. Was that smugglers run? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, um, and then you, you know, you had all the different shops, obviously, right. and you had all the different 
you know, food vendors and everything like that. They were building. There was another ride, another big ride that was under construction. Rise of the Empire? Could have been. Not exactly sure. Um, I, I think that the California one was limited space-wise. Yeah. This Is this place separate from the Magic Kingdom, or is this an offshoot yeah. of the Magic Kingdom? No, no, no. So Magic Kingdom is all Disney stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. This was Hollywood Studios. So okay, Ho- so... Yeah, because because that was one of the things I was disappointed by when when we went to Orlando to go to the Magic Kingdom, because I wanted to see. Guess what I wanted to see? Tell me what I wanted to see. I'm going to say Star Wars. No, no. Tell me what I wanted to see. Oh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. No. Tell me what I wanted to see when I went to Disney World. Ah, Jared Stern. Come on, Muppets. Thank you. I yeah. wanted to see Muppets. And I thought you know my first two guesses were pretty Kingdom? solid, to be quite honest. They were they were, they were solid enough, but come on. You yeah. know me. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to think you know I, me. I forgot that the Muppets were in Disney because we didn't see any. Uh there's right. like there was like one Kermit doll somewhere, and that was it. They don't there's not a whole lot dedicated to the Muppets Correct. at Disney World. But at the Hollywood area, was yeah. it don't they have like the, the 3D Muppet experience or they something could. like that? What I've realized they're doing is they're taking one thing that everybody wants to see and putting it in each one of their parks as a means of selling their hopper passes and funneling people into the other experiences so that they don't all just swarm one park. How crappy were the crowd slash lines in Star Wars Town? So my sister and uh, my brother-in-law had some rough experiences. Renee and I had probably the most ideal Disney experience that you could possibly have. We were standing there at one point, we were off on our own, and the line to see Rise of the Empire was 90 minutes, which was down from like it's normal, which is 150 minutes. And we were like, fuck it, let's go. So we jump in and Rise of the Empire, the experience of that ride was a transformative experience. Oh, wow. A transformative yeah. experience. So not, this is a different ride than the... This, this is, is not, not Smuggler's Run. Not Smuggler's Run. So what, what is Rise of the Empire, whatever, that, whatever it was called? What starts out is you stand in line for a really, 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 really... really <laughs> and it transforms you into angry. That's what... <laughs> go through the line, go through, yeah, go through the line, go through the line, go through the line, go through the line. Then you get to the front of the line, you're about to go on, and then the lightning cast people... Like 400 of them go in front of you. So you're just standing uh-huh. there like like you're right there. So you move through. And the idea is that you and the group that you're a part of are rebels that they're trying to get off the planet in time. Mm-hmm. So they shuttle you on. You go outside and you walk by Poe's um, black X-wing. And then you uh, get onto like a little shuttle and you're standing there. And uh, Akbar is piloting the shuttle. Oh, uh, there's a hologram of Daisy Ridley talking to you. This oh, hologram cool. was legit. Like I'm looking around trying to find the screen and like they figured out holograms. You had BB-8 like like rolling all around the room trying to like warn you. You go outside, you get on and it's like, all right, everybody, the Empire is coming. Jump on quickly. So that, <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like there was no committing to the bit here. We, we had to create our own immersive uh-huh. experience. But you get uh-huh. on and Akbar's piloting and the other guys helping and as you're going, you you fly upwards and there are like 15 Star Destroyers and they grab you in a tractor beam and they pull you into the ship. Now, now again, it, so at this point, you're in you're essentially in a box that has basically hydraulics underneath you that's shaking you around as you see something on on multiple correct. screens that's that has correct. all the all the. But the fascinating images. thing was you go through this very long line, then you walk outside for a bit. 
the 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 start the standing point before you get into the ride mm-hmm. is outside you're outside you see the sun there's a you're outside you walk into the thing and then the hydraulics move a little bit you're standing there sure and then you get tractored in and you get pulled in and the same door you walked in opens up and when it opens up you are in an enormous 30 foot ceiling room which is the deck of a star destroyer and on the opposing side from you wall floor to ceiling is a hd screen that has space being projected onto it with 40 stormtroopers standing in front of it with guns ready at the end and it's just dead quiet and you are kidnapped on the deck of a star destroyer this thing felt so realistic that renee started getting vertigo she was like <laughs> is the ship moving is the sh- like is the ship mo- i'm feeling vertigo because the way it was like like the the exhaust panels the detail was so pristine you felt like you had been put onto this ship and, and then you moved more through the line and the line was you being shuttled and like kind of funneled through a detention center being uh, kind of sentenced for for your crimes. And there are stormtroopers on there and they're kind of moving you along. But like the the the, the mind fuck of being outside, going onto the shuttle, not feeling the shuttle slide into the new space, having no idea where you went to get into this room and then uh-huh. going into an even larger immersive. The, the, the entire experience was so immersive that like, I also thought that they might have been like slowly shaking the ground because it felt like you were on this fucking ship. It was so that one moment of walking out onto the deck and like see it was mind blowing. Yeah. Did you go to the Star Wars bar? Oh, you want to talk about the most disappointing part of this whole thing? Oh, no. Really? That fucking Star Wars bar. First of all, it was great. The wait was two hours long to get into it. Now, See, so, so now, here's the thing. So let me tell you. We how, did the to-go cup. We did the to-go cup. Okay, you could do that too. But we, so when when we went, we went, we started our, our day because we were only there for, for just a day. Right. Uh, and we went, we got there at like 4.30 in the afternoon and then basically stayed until the park closed. Right. What we found out was you needed to have reservations yep. for the Star Wars bar. We didn't realize that until we got there, like, oh, crap, because you see this long line. Yeah. But because the the California Disney Disneyland is so small, you can basically walk the entire park in no time flat. Yeah. Like, it's not as expansive as the one in Orlando. So we were able to walk around and do a bunch of other stuff. And then as it got later and later and later, they're like, well, all the reservations are here. Come on in. Yeah. And so we got there at, like, I don't know, 9.30 at night, and then just went in, and yeah, the inside of it was pretty awesome. I mean, granted, I'm sure your expectations were probably a little higher, and then you also were, you also probably waited too long, and that that made things a little more disappointing for you, and when you walked in, didn't, didn't match your expectations. No, there was no, a, that, that's not my issue at all. What, what had happened issue? was... What had happened was we were like, okay, we should go and do this. I saw that there was a wait list and I was like, can we just poke our heads in and see it? They're like, well, you can order drinks to go. And I was like, all right, do you have non-alcoholic drinks? They're like, yeah. So Renee and I went in to order a non-alcoholic drink to go, a hyperdrive, which was 
Baja Mountain Dew with blueberry puree <laughs> or some shit like that for seven bucks. But what I found for seven dollars is, yeah, it looks Star Warsy, but where's the goddamn band? Oh, How yeah, they... do you have a bar? In Star Wars, without like how? Well, by the way, can you name the band? It's not. Is it the Muppets band? They didn't no. do it. Yeah. What's the band? Can, can you name the band from I Star can't. Wars? I cannot name that band. Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes okay. is the name of the band that plays the most likely. Good. I'm gonna have to take your word for it. And then you have the uh, in Jabba's Palace, the 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 band that played there was the Max Rebo band. Oh, with the with the blue Muppet that played some weird sure. keyboards. Yes, I am surprised there wasn't like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic yeah. version of those things in there. Not even a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic. Get some yeah. goddamn people in the costumes. It's Star <laughs> Wars land. Yeah, no, I agree. How are there not stormtroopers walking through and like making a ruckus and like grabbing so like it's the immersive experience outside of the bar it was amazing because at one point we were walking through and we were just minding our own business and two stormtroopers told us to get out of the way, get out of the way. And Kylo Ren walked by us and we were like, cool. holy shit, the, the 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 experience of seeing the stormtroopers and Kylo Ren was. And again, <laughs> Me and Renee's experience was very different. Renee was a fangirl the entire time. She was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But whenever it got to the costume people, uh, uh, fans of the show will remember, I have worked in theme parks before. That's right. You know I how the sausage is made. Yeah, I have played these costume characters before. I know how hungover or stoned these people are in these costumes. <laughs> I know the weird games that they're playing with each other uh, in these costumes. So. To me, it, it does take me out of that moment a little bit, but being able to experience it through her eyes was really, really wonderful. Had a great time on the trip, but, you know, going away on vacation with somebody, that's where you can kind of... That's where you really learn, like, some of the idiosyncrasies that maybe to. you're not privy to yep. uh, in just, you know, dating. Strong communication on both ends from us. Really good, good communication. No fight, no conflict, no problem. We're supposed to fly back on uh, Monday. The... Uh, the flight leaves at two. Uh, we get to the airport at about 1250, 1245, 12 one o'clock. Too late normally. But we got a little bit of a later start. But one hour domestic flight is no problem. Generally. I have never seen an airport line that long, including when I flew on Christmas one year. This line wrapped around and had about a 45 minute wait to and get this, through and this was a security line this was just to get your bags through oh this fuck. was we're sitting there and we show up we have this pristine beautiful trip and now we're here and we're looking at it and we're going to miss this flight and now we have to stand next to each other for 45 minutes knowing we're about to miss this flight i don't know <laughs> how many fucking schools went to this airport at this time but just schools after school. And the delays are also occurring because people are like, all right, these 47 children I'm in charge of, okay, you can't split the line. And it was just, we were sitting there anxious and we both like looked at each other and we were like, we're either going to make it or we're not. We're either going to make it or we're not. We get the notification that the plane is boarding. It's like, mm -hmm. what is it? 140, the plane's boarding. We're still in line, 30 people back, Oy. whatever. We get a little bit closer. And they split the line 
and her and I get put into a section where we're four people th behind getting through the uh, the luggage oh, check. There you go. And th those four people were part of a school and needed their chaperones. So the chaperone came up and then brought the other 12 people with her. Oh. We're part of the school. And we're just like, you've got to be. And we're just sitting there. We get through. We get through. Now we have about 12 minutes to get there. All right. And, we, you, had, and you still got to go through security. We still have to take the tram from there oh, to the gate. Oh, my God. You, well, so we're standing you obviously there. didn't make it. So we're standing there. There's a sign that says next tram. Trans can take up to four minutes. Uh-huh. And 23 seconds later, the tram comes. Okay. We get great. on and we look. She's got her bag. I've got my bag. We've got carry-ons. We both have backpacks. I have an iPad in mind. And her and I look at each other. And we're standing there. And it's like that awkward calm before an elevator opens in an action movie. And you have to mm -hmm. murder like 700 people. <laughs> like Kill Bill. We look at each other and we're like... All of this gym, all of this Orange Theory fitness has come down to this. And we look at each other and I was like, as soon as this door opens, she's like, we need to fucking move. And that door opens and we booked from there to the gate. We're vaulting over people. It's like, it's Sonic the Hedgehog meets Home Alone. We are just like jumping and turning and spinning over people. She's like, go, go, go. My bag starts opening up. Things oh, are no. about to fall out. She's like, your bag, your bag. I stop and she, I'm like, go, go. And we're just leapfrogging each other to whoever can get to the gate first in order to tell them to hold it. And we get there as the woman's hand is on the, door, on the door to oh. close. The, we're, <laughs> she's like, Go ahead. And we scan the ticket and we walk in. We look at each other and still no fight or argument. Well, no conflict. Great. No blame. Just we've got to get it done. And well, it got done. To be fair, what kind of who could have blamed uh, uh, the other person for anything? Uh, no, there are some people who, and it has nothing to do with blame. It has to do with how people, the react tools that people have done yeah. to react to stressful or anxious situation. If you grow up in a household where you're constantly and consistently blamed for things that are not your fault, then if something occurs, you have this instinct to displace blame on other people. And it was just a really, it was a really good bonding moment of both of us being like, it would have been okay if we didn't make it, but, uh, we did. And, uh. Yeah, we were both very. You'll always have that story. You will always have core memory. It's a, it's, a core... it's it's a good thing that you never told it. <laughs> if a tree falls, no in the one, woods, no one will ever hear it. No one will ever hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's between you and me, buddy. It's best kept secrets are kept between two sterns. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so two things that I wanted to uh, to mention, obviously. Uh, you're a huge football fan. I know. I I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. And yes, I'm, I'm happy that finally she's uh, existing in a medium that can connect the two of us, which is football. Well, I want you to know that Taylor Swift and her boyfriend winning, beating the Ravens robbed me of something. So uh, I, the company that I work for, uh, Long and Foster Real yeah. Estate, they have a contract with the Baltimore Ravens, and so we run radio ads during during Ravens games. Generally, it's just during the regular season, but they did very, very well this year, yeah. and so they were also playing them during the playoffs. I 
happen to be the voice of those ads. The, your company hired you for those voices, or they and just hired? No, uh, they. I I offered my services oh, okay. uh, when, when I found out they they got the voice over from the company that that was contracted to do the ads and they're like we don't like this and i was like i could probably do it better and so i drove up to the radio station and recorded these uh recorded these commercials and they've been they've been playing throughout the season so you could hear my dulcet tones in between uh halves and quarters and time and during timeouts of, of of ravens games so if the ravens beat the chiefs and beat Taylor Swift. Right. Your boy yeah. could have technically mm -hmm. been in a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. But now that that's was, now that's not gonna happen. I mean, if if <laughs> it was never gonna happen, Jared. What uh, do you mean it wasn't gonna happen? Listen, uh I, I'll I'll approach this from a couple of different ways. Please. Um I don't I think that you had more of a chance to do this than you did to win a Grammy. I right. think that that, yes, they're, 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 I, I had a much better chance, right. considering the Ravens were favored to win that game, yeah. and if they hadn't crapped in their collective helmets, eh, might I, what have I'm going to say is what I'm going to say is maybe the recordings that you made for the Super Bowl, maybe uh, the Kansas City Chiefs um, are willing to hold on to them for you, because given the amount of holding that they did at the end of that game that they weren't called for, I'm assuming that they have just plenty of room to hold uh, everything they else want for you. Look and maybe you. you can use it for uh, next year's Super Bowl. Look at you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Now it's not football. I just, I just have a lot of uh, conspiracy theory Instagrams that I. Oh, <laughs> I get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. I don't think the NFL, nay, the chiefs needed Taylor Swift to boost their profile. They had already won two Super Bowls and the chances of them going back to another one didn't didn't rely on her you have so, absolutely no idea the uh w what taylor swift's boyfriend going to the super bowl will mean for this super bowl it like oh i know no no i i get that there's yeah. in fact so my second cousin uh hannah she's uh she's seven years old and she's a she's a girl scout and <laughs> it's girl scout cookie time and so i got my uh i got a delivery of thin mints in person, she, uh, uh, her mom uh, brought her over, and it was while I was watching the 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 last couple of minutes of the Chiefs Ravens game, and this this seven year old girl probably said the the words Tay Tay Swift about two hundred times yeah. while she was looking at the television until. Thankfully, Travis Kelsey scored, and it sh they showed Taylor Swift up on the screen, and it's, that seven-year-old girl was happy. Yeah. So the, they're, the, they're drawing in that market. Well, it, it's not just her. See, the people who are going the, – the, the, the cool thing about the Super Bowl is for the vast majority of either football fans or non-football fans, it does not matter who's in the Super Bowl. They're still going to watch it. Every other game, who cares? Sure. But the Super Bowl is going to be the thing that everybody watches, even if they don't care about football. But having Taylor Swift at that Super Bowl is going to amplify that number with people who wouldn't even care to watch it. Obviously. Even, yeah. And uh, it's going to boost sales of uh, Super Bowl merchandise. 
It's going to boost viewer ratings. And I don't know if she's going to perform the Super Bowl. I don't uh, think she will. But it's certainly going to set up a platform for them to just they're going to take every they're going to take every dump truck in North America and just pile it with as much money as it can hold. And then one after another, they're going to back that truck up onto her lawn to get her to perform at so, next year's Super Bowl. Speaking of your conspiracy theory Instagrams, I don't know if you saw this. There's a there's a a, a video out there of uh, a, a guy trying to explain to his girlfriend what the odds are that Taylor Swift will ever, even be able to make it to the Super Bowl this year <laughs> because in the days leading up to the Super Bowl, she has concerts oh, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So she's performing on the 10th, February 10th, and she has to get to the Super Bowl on the 11th. Mm-hmm. Now, or is it the or is the concert on the on the 11th? And it just happens to be that Japan is 13 hours ahead or something like that. And for in order for her to be able to make it to the to the game and in order for it to be, you know, like to be there for any measurable amount of time, the amount of like flux capacitor tra- time travel that it's going to take mm-hmm. to realistically get her there. Space time might not be able to fit uh, Taylor Swift into some wormhole to get her to the Super Bowl in the first place. I guess we'll see. I guess we will. My money is on the fact that this girl is going to show up for this guy. It's like (laughs) it's like such a big game for him that. Yeah, she's going to show that with unlimited resources and all of the money and pull of the entire world Mm -hmm. being there for her, she will show what it's like to show up for your significant other. Well, here's the thing. Not only is it a big game for him, it's the biggest fucking game for him. It's the Super Bowl. That's what it's I'm what saying. every football player plays their entire career to get to. Thankfully, he's already won two of them, so this is it's old hat for him at this point. Yes, it's the it's it's the it's it's a big game for him. That's that's putting it that's putting honestly, it mildly. Honestly, I'm surprised there's not a petition already being signed in Japan where everyone <laughs> who was supposed to go to the concert was like push it by a day and go support support your boyfriend. We'll come on Sunday or we'll come on Monday instead of Sunday. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I'm sure that rabid Taylor Swift fans will be very happy to just not have a concert. No, I'm saying move the concert by one day well, and you'd be sure. I would say rabid Taylor Swift fans would. That's their whole thing is that That's their brand. Is that's it, their it, brand. So yeah, so thanks to Taylor Swift. That's really Swift. unfortunate. <laughs> thanks I to didn't Taylor know Swift. That you were... I I I I I lost my shot at a Super Bowl commercial and a I, non-paying I, Super Bowl commercial, a, a non-paying and also non-televised Super pro Bowl bono commercial. Super Bowl commercial, <laughs> pro, pro Super Pro Bowl commercial. The other thing I wanted to bring up in my neighborhood on occasion when I'm when we're walking around when we're walking Winnie or when we're yeah. just kind of out and about on on a nice day, people will take stuff and. Put it out on the sidewalk for other people to have. It's called free cycling. It's just a way to get rid of your shit and hope it finds a new home. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this. Okay, well, good. <laughs> um, we're walking, walking, winning the other day, and there is an open case of a 
novelty Coca-Cola product with one can missing. And the rest of them are, are still in there. It's like, well, that's probably not a good sign. Someone probably drank some of this and decided, nope, not for me. Yeah. Um, this is uh, a limited limited edition, the Y3000 limited edition Coca-Cola. It is futuristic flavored is what oh, it says on I, the can. I want to try this with you. It is. It says co-created with artificial intelligence. Now, <laughs> people have talked about the 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 upcoming horrors of of ai and what it will do to humanity in general the robots will take over yeah, yeah. It, it uh it will gain sentience take over and whatever and i i i would like to put forward the theory that this is how they get us <laughs> this this is how they take down humanity because once they find out that the perfect complementary flavor for coca-cola is cyanide um <laughs> we are all kinds of fucked now i i have not opened this yet i want to drink you, this with you don't open it yet let's don't wait open until, it yet let's do okay. this together let's do all this right. together I, I i'm in talks with tarun we got to do a get together we're gonna we're gonna talk about dates for an in-person yes tasting with the taco bell sommelier a taco bell uh, tasting a taco, a TBT? A, a taco, a, a, yeah, a, a, a TBT. And TBT. maybe we'll wash it down with this fucking battery acid <laughs> right here. This sugary battery acid. Um, yeah, that like I said, will eventually kill us all. That and that's that's how the world ends. I think so. I like I said, I, this it's not gonna be with guns, it's not gonna be with no. nuclear weapons, it's gonna be with added sugars it's going to be sugary soft drink. it's going to be with chemicals it's going to be delicious poison that they get us with chad i hate to break it to you but humans have been killing each other this way for years we don't need ai to help us out with this. no i understand that no no this is something we've been doing to ourselves for a right. long, long time but you have to figure that ai is going to find a way to fine-tune it how lazy are we as a species that we've gotten so lazy with poisoning ourselves that we've outsourced the productivity? Let the machines do Let it. Let the yeah. machines come up with the easiest way to poison us to death. Sure. Not even the machines are insidious enough to put tofu <laughs> in fucking cheesecake, though. I'm going to make you one. You're going to try it. All right. I'm going to make sure. two. One regular and one with tofu, and I'm gonna let you blind would, taste it. And, and then, uh, and then you have to ask yourself the question: Would a man poison his own cheesecake? <laughs> I'm gonna do the classic. I'm gonna make two. One's gonna be tofu. One's gonna be cheesecake. You're gonna be like, "This is the cheesecake, and this is delicious." And I'm gonna be like, "They're both tofu." <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for sticking your ears between two sterns. Please leave us a five-star review, even if it's a sarcastic one. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have an idea for the show? Or are you also Jared Stern? Shoot us an email. You can find links to everything at jaredstern.com.